Log Talk Radio. What is Death Cafe? Ooh, it sounds ominous. She's Dr. Death, also known as Dr. Lisa Oliver. I'm humorist Jerry Dry, and this is Dr. Death and the Humorist. And we have a great topic today, Lisa Oliver. It's Death Cafes, and I know that this is something that is a passion of yours, something that you are engaged in on a regular basis, something that you lead, and I I need to know more about it. I just... Um, I hear the word cafe and I get excited. I'm a person who spent a lot of time in cafes. <laughs> I hope that the Death Cafe, there's at least snacks. Good snacks. Death Cafe, um, it's not a con- concept that I started. It started um, about seven years ago by a gentleman named John Underwood in London. And essentially, him and his friends got together. They were having tea and crumpets, as they usually do oh, over there. Stop, Mr. What is a crumpet? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm from New Jersey, and we had butterscotch crumpets, which, like, it's a little soft bun cake with butterscotch icing on it. Uh, I don't know. But whatever they have over there. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 I'm familiar with scones, but crumpets I've heard of, but I didn't know exactly what. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to derail it. I just... I'm all about the snacks, as you know. I hear you. So, I hear you. So tea and crumpets they would have. They would have. And they had it over at John's house one time and in the living room. They started talking about that. And they realized that, you know, it was a rich conversation and they should continue it. So they started the Death Cafe movement. And like I said, it's been seven years now. It's been over 5,000 Death Cafes in the world in 52 countries. And where I am in... Um, Metro Atlanta, there are three. Uh, there's a group that's been doing it in a cemetery, actually, for the past four years. Um, another one in Sandy Springs, Georgia, and I'm doing it in southwest Atlanta. Essentially, a death cafe is when people get together, about eight or so. You have cake, you drink coffee, tea, cocoa, water if you want, and we just talk about that. You know, I might start off with me asking, what is your name and why did you come? And just from there, um, you know, the, the conversation just just goes any which way. The great thing about a death cafe is that there is no agenda. The agenda is death, but no one's trying to sell you anything. No one is trying to get you to think there's a certain way of how death should be. We just talk about it, and the conversation just goes from whoever's participating. Well, who who would be participating? Who would be attracted? Who would go to a death cafe? Are these people who have been? been bereaved or these people who just have questions, people who are looking ahead, who would go to a death cafe? You know, it's interesting. Um, I've had two two so far. The first one, I had all my friends, family, and church members. So that, that really didn't count. But so, so that's <laughs> oh, <the> practice. <laughs> talk about her bereavement mm-hmm. with anyone, which isn't really the reason that Death Cafe is not a bereavement or a group counseling thing, but, you know, you don't kick someone out for that. But she came because she was grieving her sister who died in March. Other people just came because they were just interested on why someone would actually hold something at a library to talk about that. Why talk about it? And I say, we should talk about it because we're all going to die. Well, you know, it's kind of fascinating that people would be surprised that there'd be a meeting at the library to talk about death when there are probably dozens of books 
in that library that deal with that topic. Yeah, but you know, we're all real secretive. Even though we all have a morbid, I think we all have a morbid curiosity about death, we don't ever want to talk about it. You know, I've mentioned to you when I talk to people about how I want to um, work on, use my doctorate to get people to talk about death, uh, they look at me as if I'm crazy. They ask, why would you want to do that? Because we have this fear. Um, in some cultures, if there's a fear that if we talk about it, we will bring it, bring it, bring it to pass, bring it to pass, bring uh-huh. it sooner than it needs to be. Oh, wow. so there's, there's a lot of superstitions there's a lot. connected with this idea of death. Exactly. Um, I have one um, in my work as I was working as a um, when I was a doctoral student working with hospice. A social worker tell me that part of her part of her duties is to try to get people to start talk, thinking about what funeral home they're going to use when they're when their loved one dies, and she was actually told, oh, we don't want to talk about that right now, because if we talk about that, grandma's going to die soon. So there's oh, wow. a lot of things that we we are afraid to talk about. Well, that's fascinating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this, by these uh, superstitious ideas that, you know, talking about death will bring about death. Well, this idea that I, I've heard all my life, I'm sure there's no scientific basis for this, but you, you've heard this, I'm sure too, that we people that we die in threes. That you know, yeah. that people that you know or love die, or then somebody dies, and then somebody else you know dies. Well, well the, just be be ready because another one's coming. And sure enough, it doesn't matter if it's six days later or six months later. Well, there's number three. Exactly, and then everybody breathes a sigh of relief yeah. because the three. But then, if somebody dies the next day, well, there's number one. <laughs> We just start counting over, right? And that kind of, I mean, I'm just, I'm not I, an expert on this. No, no, I grew up, and you grew up where? Tennessee, I grew up in New Jersey, and it's the same thing. It's in threes. I don't know where that comes from, but yeah, that's something we should do a show on. Yeah, we had another, uh, I don't know if you thought it's a superstition or tradition, or maybe a tradition that's tinged with superstition. I don't know if you had this in the Northeast, but mm-hmm. down south, mm-hmm. and particularly years ago, when I was a child and, and well before that, they have a thing called sitting up with the dead. Are you familiar with that concept? I am not. Okay, so here's what would happen. And a lot of years ago, before the advent of a lot of funeral homes, right. uh, they would often have the body in the home, and so people would sit up with the body, you know. But, but even when funeral homes came along, uh, often there were people that would go to the funeral home, family members, and say, I'm here to sit up with, I don't know why, it's like, right. guard the body. Make really? sure it doesn't get away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really. I, I know that's something that that uh, in rural areas, uh, a long time ago, was a very popular tradition. Uh, sitting up with the dead, and if you didn't do it, if someone didn't do it, it was the, I don't know what all kinds of bad things would happen to the maybe the person or or someone. Oh, really? Family. So okay, a person had died, and they would go to the undertaker would come get them because that's what it used to be called, and so the undertaker would bring it back, and they would. Lay out at the house, and you mm-hmm. as a family member will be required to sit with them. Sit with them, yeah. So uh, I just want to interject at this point that if anyone listening knows why that started or has any other traditions or superstitions like it that you're interested in that you think podcast listeners might listen to, if you would email us, uh, drdeathandthehumorist at gmail.com and tell us about that, we'd be glad to share your 
superstitious traditions and ideas uh, with our the rest of our podcast listeners. But anyway. No, that's a great idea. And that's, and that's the type of conversations that, like, just like we went off on a tangent and talked about superstitions and sitting with the debt, sitting up with the debt. Those are things that we all talk about, and the conversation just goes anywhere. And that's the great part about it because I guess if I was with another group of people, just bringing something up like that, people will look at you strange. So that's the whole point of the Death Cafe is to get everyone comfortable. And you find that it's a lot of laughter because we'll end up talking about just all types. But some things are sad, too. Like, you know, in the last Death Cafe, the lady told us that in order to pay for her mother's funeral, her excuse me, her mother's flowers for the funeral, that her and her husband sold their wedding ring. So, I mean, there are some sad stories to that. But it's also, you know, there's just a lot of things about, because as family, we're really funny. (laughs) Yes, and some families are are funnier than others. Yeah. And so when you have a death cafe, I know it sounds almost oxymoronic, excuse me. You go to a cafe to laugh and talk at the time. Exactly. And you don't think about that with that, but you're saying that it really is. It's there's really often a lot of less stories and laughter. Stories, right. And, you know, some things that you hear is just, like you said, sitting up. I've never even heard of that. So people bring things up that, you know. Well, welcome, welcome to the South, Jersey girl. <laughs> And they may have done that in other parts. I suspect it was a, a more of a rural thing I think than so. an urban thing, perhaps. No, but you know, I mean, and that's something that we can talk about. That's because there was a time that people would be laid out in the parlor room of a house. I mean, that even happened. Right, sure. up in, and so we get away from that. So that wasn't that far away because when Grandpa died, they laid him out in his suit. Um but now we don't do that. Grandpa goes to the nursing home, grandpa dies, and then he goes to the burial parlor where we go and visit him there. And so there's a lot of things that we've gotten away from in terms of death. That's why Death Cafe is so important because we're bringing the conversation back to something that's going to happen to all of us. You know, another, another thing that you used to see a lot, I don't guess you so much anymore, is uh, funerals would take place like, in churches and other houses of worship. Uh, I don't again. I don't know if that was a thing up north, but in the south, there was an awful lot of church funerals, and and this may have been a, a practical thing before against the advent again of, of funeral homes and mortuaries. Right. But even even now, that occasionally you will see a funeral held at a church. Uh, but most funeral homes have really nice chapels, and so it it does it, it sort of eliminates the need for that. Yeah, you know what's funny to me, and because. Growing up, those people who died weren't very religious. But I remember as a kid, we would go to a funeral parlor. So it, would be, it wouldn't be a home. It would just be the funeral parlor. And so we would have the viewing that night. And then you go home, it was this huge party. And everybody was drinking and what? And you said, don't do that. Like at night. You know, you had to no, no, we're, we're, <laughs> not, not officially. <laughs> The video would be at night, and as a four-year-old, and I remember my first video, it was just really spooky because it was at night, and then we'd go, and we're seeing this person that is not speaking. As a four-year-old, I had so many questions. Then we came home, I mean, and there was gin. It was just all kinds of liquor. And it was like There you go. And then in the morning, we would get up, and then we would go bury the person. But now we just kind of do it kind of convenient. We have the wake, you know, an hour or two before, and then we have the funeral, and then you bury the person, and then that's it. So, well, that may be uh, a sort of a northeast Episcopalian so? approach. 
down south where you know ninety two percent of people are Baptist, we didn't allow any alcohol, but there was lots of nanner pudding. And banana pudding banana pudding. Nanner pudding. Uh and I'll be fried chicken and cake and plenty of that. Really you would gather together. Yeah. How important is that that uh to the process of kind of getting together? Whether whether there's food or alcohol or is it the idea of sharing stories with each other? Isn't that what the Death Cafe is about? Well, it is. Yeah, it is. And I was just thinking about when you talk about, when we talk about the weight, that's kind of how we're dealing with the death, is that I don't know why we have to get drunk and eat. <laughs> just a disclaimer, you do not have to get drunk or, or engage in gluttony whenever there's a death. But we do. Which, by the way, when you do, it leads to more death. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know why, but um, and that but that's what we're doing. I mean, because usually when we talk about stuff, we have something to drink, a, a warm beverage, cake is always good. I've never rejected. If you look at me, you'll see. I've never rejected a piece of cake in my life. Um, so you know, we just have it. It's just to have a nice, comfortable atmosphere to talk about something that's maybe not that comfortable. Would there be an opportunity if someone were saying, you know, I, I'd like to have a death cafe. I'd like to go to a death cafe. I don't, there aren't any scheduled in my area. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Go to deathcafe.com. That's D-E-A-T-H-C-A-F-E.com. They'll get all the information on what a death cafe is, the history of it, and how to have one in their community. It's really all you have to do is Set it up, and again, there's no agenda. You just set it up. The thing is, you have to use the word death cafe, and you have to adhere to the principle of it, which means you can't charge for it. So there's a bit of training, or at least uh, at least some instructional guidance that they give. Yes, there's some instructional guidance, and maybe you know, go to one, which is not always possible. Go to one before you start one, so you know, you know, what things to look for. For example, I got caught off guard because my death cat, my very first one, ended earlier than it should. You know, death cafe is usually two hours, and towards the end, someone bought brought out her stuff because she was trying to sell funeral plots, and I just didn't know how to handle it because, you know, it's not supposed to have an agenda to this, but she's like, okay, well, I would like to say something, and she starts to hand out her brochures to sell funeral services. So, But that's really a no-no. Is what that is an absolute no-no, and, you know, I guess I learned then that I was supposed to put which I thought I did all. Fill up the time with other things. Yeah. <laughs> and um, again, it's not a grief counseling thing, but, you know, I think just the fact that you can talk with other people that feel you on what's going on with you, I think it helps. So, and I realize you're fairly early in your Death Cafe career. I am. Uh, but what has been the most surprising thing to you about this experience? That people will bring up things that have absolutely nothing to do about death and they take it off the tracks. For example, one Death Cafe member was talking about how this gentleman was 60. His father had not been in his life for 50 years, yet now the father is sick and his two sisters are taking care of him. That caused another young man to go into a monologue about how he um, has not been in his children's life for 15 years, and there's a reason why, because he didn't get along with the mother, which, you know, he's just like, what? (laughs) You know, it, it brings out other feelings and emotions for other people and they have to let it wonderful thank you lisa it's fascinating we look forward to hearing in the future more about the death cafes and again ladies and gentlemen if you'd like to know more about death cafes or dr lisa oliver's work 
as a death educator or anything we talk about on the podcast, just contact us at drdeathandthehumorist at gmail.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. See y'all later. <laughs>